righty. Welcome to Know Your Roles. Doing the damn thing. Yeah, another another episode. It, this was a fun one. Yeah, hopefully it'll be uh, it'll be fun for you guys to listen to. We're going to be talking to friend and comedian writer Will Miles of Comedy Central, formerly Comedy Central South Side, also a Chicagoan, um, very talented. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff, a lot of Chicago stuff. And we're going to be recasting the TV show Friends with rappers which uh, I think is going to be a lot of fun for people. Thank you guys for tuning in, for listening. We're going to start off with some bar talk. George, what's, uh, what's on your bar? Uh, I want to talk about the, uh, the TV show, uh, The Reagans. I, uh, I was reading a review on IndieWire. It's a docuseries about um, the President Reagan and uh, um, his wife, Nancy Reagan. And it's a sort of interesting view on their, their time in the, the White House. And uh, their 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 legacy and all sort of stuff. And I watched the first episode, and I've watched the first episode two more times since then because huh. I, I found it to be fascinating about like uh because it's like there's a lot of people who were who were there, so it's not just like even a hit piece. It's like uh, it's Joe Schultz who worked in the administration. It's Ron Reagan's uh the, the Reagan's kid, Ronald Reagan Jr. who's uh, who's in it. And uh, I I found their their story to be fascinating. Because it's a documentary, or is it a documentary about okay. about the the Reagans and the uh, and uh, their time living in uh, in, uh, in DC, and as, as him as president, and him as her as first lady, and I don't have like a a crazy memory about them because like uh, even though I'm from that area in the DC suburb, but I do remember the fallout of that time in DC, and they're going to address that, which I'm, which is really interesting to see because like they their their backstory it seems to be that what they're trying to show when this docu series is like. Reagan, the Reagan administration was almost, in essence, they took advantage of the fact that he's an actor or he was an actor and they just kind of just fed him lines of like, of things for him to say. A hundred percent. And he's, it was like, uh, and it, it's, it's, it's yeah. a really, really interesting look on somebody who uh, people thought, or there's some people in the, in the world who were like, like Reagan, he was on misunderstood. I'm like, no, he was terrible. Well, yeah, no, I don't think he knew well, because he was just a guy. He was, he was playing. He was, like they even, there's was an interview. They even asked him. It was like, yeah, they even asked him. It was like, you know, are you? It was like, are you? Uh, it was like we described yourself as a politician. It was like, no, I'm an ex actor, which is like that's kind of not. Well, anyway, yeah, and he's it's a fascinating. It's a fascinating look about them. That is really interesting. I my first reaction is to be like, I really don't want to watch anything about Ronald Reagan because I believe he's like. A, a great devil um you know he's one of the the most destructive leaders of this country it's awful um and it's fun and he's so fun it's it's uh one of those things where people still in this country like you either think he's the devil and some people think he was like that and and, and but he was someone who was built on image like this actor's image in much like this fucking like 45 you know built this facade they they had like this specific thing for Reagan. And the interesting thing, this this thing that you're watching probably will go into this, but you know, by the end, by the end of like the end of his whole run, he was so they say his the inside people say that he was a vegetable, man. Like he couldn't, he wasn't, he could barely even speak. And they were literally like just propping him up and doing all these, but he was like totally gone. And it's crazy to think. I mean, that's only like thirty years ago. You know, it's not that or forty years ago. Um, they 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 do a good job of like showing like him as 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 an actor playing like like 
what people perceive as like a great story. Like for example, he plays like in movies, he's playing a war hero. And even though he served in the service, he actually never left California. Yeah. And in the movies, they sh- it's like, uh, it's like, here's a dude who's like, they, sh- they, he's known for playing uh, George Gipp and uh, one fun for the Gipper in the movie about Notre Dame football. So, and people's minds are watching these movies and they think that's actually yeah. what his life was. Turns out he was, he couldn't see shit and wasn't much of an athlete, but he played one in a, in a movie. So that was the story that was being told about him. It was like, it was Perfect. like yeah. uh, he was this guy who was like, he was like former athlete who served in the military. And like, and if you're watching that, and you believe that all of this stuff is real, then his story seems real. And then he started to believe it. He's like, it's like his son is like, everybody has, everybody is the star of their own show in their mind. Just my dad and my mom, they were just happy to do it better than everybody else. So, well, and it's like the, the, cult, look on them. the cult of celebrity at, yeah, in, correct. in this country. And like we've correct. seen, we can point to twice in the last, you know, 30 years where it's propelled someone all the way to the presidency. Yeah. You know, uh, um, th- this, uh, like I said, the cult of celebrity and and our worship and and our relationship with that is it's very interesting. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, I I might have a hard time stomaching anything about Ronald Reagan, but uh, it sounds interesting. It's not a hit piece. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's 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 very good, and it's not and it's not like like uh like folks. Who are in, it's like folks in their thirties talking about the legacy of Ronald Reagan. It's Colin Powell. It's George Schultz. It's uh. It's like people who worked in in TV in the '80s. So it's uh, it's like there's these are people on the who who were there when it was all happening. And I think that's what makes it great. What's in your bar? Cool, um, cool. I'm gonna run through a bunch of stuff that I've been listening to. Uh, I'm starting to like get together. I I'm preparing for us to be you know mostly at least my, I'll speak for myself, but me and Hillary, my fiance, like we're preparing to be in the next month at least or so, like in our house. You know, schools have closed, so I'm just like putting together lists of like the media media that I'm listening to, like watching and listening to. And so, a couple of things that I've been listening to: music and some podcasts. I'm just going to run through real quick. A uh, couple of things that people probably know about. It's nothing uh, that crazy, but two two old head rappers made two new albums that I'm I'm feeling. One is that new Nas. I finally got around to that. It's been out for like a month. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not like amazing but it's short and there's like some tracks like the one track my my favorite two tracks early are ultra black and then the cure which like the first line he talks about or one of the first lines talking about lennon and mccartney and it's like the mccartney's last longer but lennon's the hardest (laughs) or some shit like that and me like as a john guy i was like oh shit but yo that album is really good also the the new buster rhymes album i know a lot of people have been talking about it it's cool i mean it's really long and it's a lot of like skits and like Chris Rock is like having a, a moment right now. He's on like every fucking track, like, you know, doing like the hype shit. Um, but there's a lot of really, I also think it's funny that it's called Extinction Level Event 2. And like the way he shouts it out in the song is like Extinction Level Event 2. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that the, my early favorites on that are Boomp and that track with Kendrick. Have you heard that track with Kendrick? Yeah, I listen to the whole record. Uh, it's good, right? It is good. It is a little long. It's definitely long, but there's like enough tracks on there that I'm like, oh man, you know, that I'm I'm into it. Uh, okay, so those are that's the music, and then a couple of podcasts, a couple of cool podcasts. 
to check out if you're interested. Some that I'm listening to right now, and I'm gonna, you know, go back and do deep dives on stuff now that you know we're trying to plan our next month or so. But uh, one is Erica Hart's podcast, Erica Hart with her partner Ebony. Erica is a Black queer femme activist, speaker, educator, writer. Their podcast is called From Hood Rat to Head Rap. And it's incredible. I mean, they it's very wide ranging and it's kind of long and like they go off on tangents, but everything that they talk about is extremely well thought through and they provide like a lot of research in there in like the podcast notes if you want to like read what they're talking about. And it's just really fucking interesting. And one of the recent episodes I listened to, which I just want to say the title of because it gives you a sense of you know the show and what they talk about, which um is titled our election system is based on five black people being worth three white people but the u.s is definitely a democracy so that title is amazing wanted to shout them out and then very quickly the last thing i wanted to shout out is another podcast that you know because we're talking a lot about chicago stuff today with will um i keep it chicago and that i'm listening to and it's called air go i don't know if you've ever heard of this it's actually they they there's there's a small segment of it that's featured in the steve james in um in the doc uh city so real but ergo is a chicago podcast and hosted by daniel kisslinger and damon williams and it is really cool it's really really interesting i wanted to read really quickly their little thing which is ergo is a weekly podcast and cultural media hub in chicago showcasing the artists rappers poets musicians organizers and change makers reshaping the culture of the city and country for the more equitable and creative through long-form conversations ergo puts chicago's reimaginers in conversation documenting Chicago's radical renaissance, creating a living archive of humanizing dialogue, telling the stories of our creative communities and social movements. Anyway, if you are a Chicago person or even not, it's a really interesting podcast. I think it's really educational. One that I recently listened to is from their series that they call their Unelectable series. And the name, the title of that episode is Abolition Democracy. And I think it's really helpful as far as like, they define terms like abolition and, and all these concepts that are kind of being thrown around that people may not understand. I think it's it's really awesome. And, and uh, yeah, I uh, I recommend it. I, like I said, I'm going to do like a deep dive on a lot of this stuff. So I'm, I'm looking to kind of get into it. But uh, yeah, Hood Rats from Hood Rat to Head Rat and Ergo, two cool podcasts. That's, uh, that's it for my bar. Cool. So that will do it for Bar Talk, and we're going to uh, we're going to go into that conversation with Will. Hope you guys have as much fun listening as we did talking to him. So here's that. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a website for Claremont Lounge. That's funny. It's like a small venue in Atlanta. Well, venue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> to put it in Chicago terms, uh, the Aragon or like. Yes. Uh, okay, all right. It's the, well. It's more like the uh, what is it? Uh, Damn, a girl from high school worked there and danced there, I should say. Uh, <laughs> Which, where up north? It's a strip club up north. <laughs> uh, pl- no, what the fuck is it called? Playpen? I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's something like that. We all went there, though. Everybody yeah. probably went there. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah. there's only like, there's only so many, I feel like. Exactly, yeah. There's yeah. that one, and then there's like the ones in Indiana and shit. Yeah, and like the ones by O'Hare and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't go there. <laughs>
I feel like that's like a, the normal thing in every city and every near every airport. Because in Memphis, it was like the Gold Club. Uh, we're going to talk about the Gold Club in Atlanta here a little bit later. But the Gold Club in Memphis was right by the airport. Or the King Club, which is like yeah. down the street, which is even shittier. They're <laughs> all right by the airport. Claremont is this, uh, it's a strip club, but it's, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, fun. It is fun, but it's it's not like great. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah, honestly, the word weird and strip, like I know what you, I, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> the what's, weirder what's, the better. What's happened in like the past few years because they shoot everything in Atlanta and that they've gotten a lot of tax credits from Georgia. That like a lot of celebrities hang out there because you have total anonymity in the Claremont Lounge. They don't give a shit who you are. Once you walk in the door, it's like no cell phones, no cameras. You just walk in and it turns into like this wild party. So apparently, like the Jennifer Lawrences and the Jeremy Renners and all those people from those Marvels movies, they love going to the Claremont Lodge because they, that's they, they, they it's like they're, they're nobody in there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah, and yes, I, this shirt is a newer Claremont Lounge shirt. And it, has, <laughs> it has the website at the bottom of the uh, of the t-shirt. But it was embarrassing and I loved every bit of it. Just like, you ain't from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> What's on the website? <laughs> <laughs> it is... It yeah, is- it is kind of funny that strip clubs have like marketing teams right. and, and like we're like we know like it's like it's okay. <laughs> we know we know what the deal is. There is there is a run. I think it's there's is it Blue Magic that's in or Magic something? Magic City. Yeah. Magic City. That's that's like the A club. That was that's where the the lemon pepper yes the chicken wings yeah. are, which are that yeah. place is incredible. Yeah. And they, they they got a website too. So. Yeah, oh yeah. They <laughs> They almost ruined the NBA. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I mean, there's a, there's is that where, that. Wait, is that where Lou Williams went or what? Well, I mean, he, he's got his he's got his jersey retired there. That's crazy. And he's got yeah. his own uh flavor of wing, I think. Yeah. He's got his wings are his wings are there. Um That's amazing. But we can we can talk about strip clubs and and, and southern <laughs> southern uh, strip clubs all all day long. But uh so, well, we're excited to have you on. Uh, there's, we got a lot of stuff that we want to get to. 2020 has been like just one of the oddest years, if not the oddest year. But this year, for you, you became a dad. So tell us what that's like, and how are you doing? How are you sleeping, and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, sleep is a, is a foreign concept, but <laughs> <laughs> I never really got good sleep, though. I'm realizing now. So I, uh, yeah, it's a crazy. Uh, realization that you're like oh I, I never really slept too well anyway so this isn't much of a change but it is like it's weird for sure because it's just a lot hold on let me close it <laughs> we have a dog too oh right on Sometimes the dog barks i was telling dave, mine does too so no worries all right yeah <laughs> i was telling dave we uh i feel like 2020 has lasted forever i, I think she was born when she was like born in, in july july okay all right so I was thinking it was April, but it still seems like 30 years ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's funny. We were just remembering like moments when she was pregnant and we're like, wow, that was, she's only four months old. So that wasn't that long ago, but it feels yeah. like a whole different time of life. Totally. Like, I was telling George, it feels like, it feels like a year and a day. You know what I mean? Like it feels yeah. like forever ago, but it also feels like yesterday. Like I Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the things I did in March and April and my attitudes during those moments when I like my outlook on life, my hopes and dreams are so much <laughs> different than they are now. And it's only been what, seven, eight months. Yeah. But I feel like I'm a brand new person <laughs> because of everything that's happened, including like, you know, with the world and everybody, the, the you know, the hope of transition right now of presidents and everything. It's like all, it all happened, but also 
you know, I have a kid as well <laughs> and a, yeah. a personal note. And then it's like, oh shit. And also, you know, I've just, I've been at home the whole time, but also I have a kid. So it's like, everything's weird. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine like the mental gymnastics, but yeah. like just to understand, you said July, July. Yeah. Wow. You're in LA or you guys yeah, are we're in LA, LA. and then she was born on like the highest day of cases or whatever. Oh God. Was it so, like really dicey and scary or how was, was that experience? It was a strange thing that we got used to pretty right away. Cause right before we went to the hospital, like, you know, it was all, everything was a crapshoot as far as how much I was going to be in the room and everything during pregnancy and everything. So it was like the whole time up to it, we're just taking these online classes. They're hard to pay attention to because it's online and they're like, you know, it's, it's all the Lamas and all that shit from, from TV. And I was, I was hoping to go into those classes so I could relive those TV show experiences. <laughs> Every single sitcom from the nineties, right? like <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, this is my chance to live like a uh, fucking, I don't know. Every other sitcom or movie where you nine months, I wanted to live nine months or knocked up, but I couldn't, but I had to do it on zoom. So it's like that boring shit. But also everybody was like, you can't go in. You're not going to be able to go in because cases are on the rise. So they're going to let you in. And then there's like, okay, you can go in, but you can't, you literally can't leave the room at all. You have to just find everything or stay in the room all the time. And I was like, that sounds terrible as well. But then (laughs) by the time we got there, it was, uh, they let me in the room. I think I was the only visitor that was allowed, but we also don't have family here. So it didn't matter anyway, but I was, (laughs) I was the only one in there. Uh, You can order food and you can go downstairs and get it. So it was like, that was, that made me feel a little bit normal. She had to stay in the room because she was all, you know, tubed up and everything, but I got to leave. I got to experience some normality there and, uh, and go outside and be like, oh, thanks for the food. I'm having a kid. Isn't that great? Like have long conversations with the people (laughs) (laughs) and then bring the food back upstairs. But I had to wear a mask everywhere outside of that room. And anytime anyone came in that room. So that part was definitely, you're like, this is fucking strange. But at least you felt like you still felt you know, comfortable enough. I mean, obviously you guys had the kid and everything went, <laughs> yeah. went okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I can't even imagine. I'll think tw- I'll cut off my finger and be like, I don't want to go to the hospital right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was my stance. I, this was the only thing I was willing to go to the hospital for too. Yeah. So it was like, damn, all right, this has got to happen. <laughs> How has COVID been like in LA? Cause in New York is definitely, there's some schools of thoughts of like, for me, for example, I've gone out, but I haven't gotten a haircut. You know what I mean? The truth is, I'm wearing yeah. a cap. And some people are just like, they're trying to be as normal as possible. And there's some folks who are just like, nope, I'm fucking not going anywhere. So, what have you been doing? And how has that been going? And I'm pretty much the second one as well, where I'm like, nope, not doing anything, not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but it is different here in that there's all this outdoor space and shit. So, and is it still yeah. like nice enough to be outside? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like probably, it is 75 degrees today. And it, this is the coldest it's been in a while. <laughs> which sucks i do like cold weather but i am glad right now that i don't have to experience it because then i can just go out like you know i can't smoke weed in the house anymore because doctors were strongly adamant about not smoking near the baby so you're like all right they I'll, said that out loud out loud go, yeah, by the way <laughs> but then i asked about weed <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna smoke cigarettes near the baby now weed <laughs> That's cool know that you can even ask that question now because i feel like yes. 15 years ago they would have been like you know you're a deadbeat yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly like, it's like, you're going to jail buddy yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. God services. i got a medical like, card man it's like yeah just wait right here i'm just gonna make a phone call real quick <laughs> and the next thing you know, i was like well you call the police on here um <laughs> 
but that's a little segue. Change. The outdoor space is the big change. <laughs> so as I told you over text, Dave is a fellow Chicagoan. So it's a good way to start from the, the get to the beginning because I want to hear the beginning. And then I also want to hear the two of you guys fucking lose your shit over Chicago. <laughs> um, uh, so, <laughs> so like we're, we're going we're gonna to make our way to a lot of different stuff. But I do want to start from like growing up in one of the best cities in America and one of the best food towns in America, underrated food yeah. towns. By the way, so we'll take it take it from there, man. Chicago. Chicago's the best. It's uh <laughs> I grew up uh yeah, the food is where you're you're lost in life, I will say. Growing up in Chicago, because the food is not and maybe age plays into this, but I was not told too much about what was healthy. Because in <laughs> Chicago, you just go by what's delicious and then you eat all the delicious food, and then you're an adult. And you're married to someone who grew up in the suburbs and and was conscious about health and stuff. And you're like, I mean, I think this food is good, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I enjoy this learning, but I I didn't know. I mean, like, ranch dressing is good. There's a lot of stuff that's good. So that part is where I'm like, all right, well, now knowing, knowing the knowledge, I cannot unlearn it. And thus, I have to also impart that into my daughter <laughs> like oh this health food is it's pretty important <laughs> yeah i've yeah. watched it take a turn for people i've watched people not live the best they could because of health reasons i'm like well maybe i could eat a salad now and then. yeah a lot of clogged arteries in uh big time yeah Vienna beef, the factory was like fucking near my house. So yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so that what what neighborhood are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh I would say Lakeview. Dude, where where in Lakeview? Uh, <laughs> by like Belmont and uh and and Sheffield, Belmont Ashland. I, I lived on near Ashland pretty much my entire life till I moved to New York. So I I grew up on Clark and Montrose. So like oh, five, five minutes from from where he's talking about, which is insane. <laughs> um, and what, how old are you? I'm uh, 37. Okay. I'm 36. So, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, wow. So sorry to the listeners, but we're going to have to do this for a second. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Wait, let's go to elementary school. Okay. This, this, so this, I was hoping for this. In fact, I'm going to get a photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, stay close, George. Um, no, no, I'm good. I'm, but, uh, I'm, I'm good. Go um, ahead. No, I'm but honestly, here. yeah, you can go away. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no, I'm, no I'm um, okay. So yeah, George was telling me that you taught at Lincoln. I went to Newberry. For oh, school. wow. Yeah. So very close. Uh, I went to Von Steuben for for high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that school. Um, but That's George was saying you went to Whitney Young. I went to Whitney Young for high school. I went to Lincoln as a kid, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I knew Stephen Carlton left school to go to Newberry. There were a few people who like left school to go to Newberry, left Lincoln to go to Newberry. And I was I like, oh, damn. We're going to do this for a second. probably a year over, older, older than you. Okay. My uh, brother is also, he's five years older than me. And okay. he, he went to Lane. He went to Newberry oh, and then he went yeah. to Lane. Yeah. Well, um, Lane harder to know. Yeah, we all know. 4,000 fucking people. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but, uh, okay. Wow, man. Okay. So, well, first of all, I, I got to ask you the perfunctory, like the Whitney Young questions. Of, yeah, of, like, yeah. th- I got to do some names with you for a second. Yeah, of course. Because um, uh, I know a couple of people from your year, too. One named Emily No. Do you know her? Oh, wow. Yeah. What? That's the homie. <laughs> He's on New York One. George, you know you what? Every day. Yeah, I, you know I know what? what? So yeah, know. there yeah. is a possibility. There is a possibility that we might have met. Absolutely. There's a, yeah. there's a possibility because Emily, Emily and I dated for two years. 
Oh yeah, we definitely. She was. I was actually still in. I'm a so I'm a year younger. Yeah, and she was actually already in college in okay. Syracuse, and I was still I was a senior in high school. Uh, but yeah, okay. So and she's on New York one now. We're still friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Emily. Yeah, uh, um, we, we it's uh, us constantly. Me trying to get me and her on the Whitney Young alum page. Like I do that all the time. Once a year, I do that. Nice. Like, Emily's uh, on the fucking news, guys. <laughs> Dol- dolphins, go dolphins. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, that's this pod is now a new thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I always try to catch. Like I, I, uh, I'm like you can't. I haven't lived in Chicago since I was like 18, full time. Yeah. My okay. my parents still live there, and I don't I don't know if that's true for you as well that you you haven't been there for kind of a while. Uh, I haven't. I lived there right after college and I lived there till 30. Oh, wow. Okay. And then um, I moved to New York. Okay. Uh, so, but what I was going to say is like, it's a kind of, it's a place that like, it doesn't let you go. Right. Like Absolutely. it's like always part of you, you know? Um, but uh, that's so, it, that's so crazy that you grew up right there. That's like, that's so close. Um, it's so wow. funny that, that I, I'm going to like text Emily later and be like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we're both old enough to where we saw the night game start happening. And that's when life completely changed at Wrigley Field. Cause we're, we grew up for George and the listeners. We grew up near Wrigley Field. Yes. So uh, we watched the night game start in what? 88, 89, something like that. 88. My yeah. dad, like they have a story. I don't think I was supposed to go, but my parents, my dad was taking my brother to the first night game, but it was a yeah. rain out. It was a rain out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they had tickets to that game. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's and funny. And it means we grew up with nothing but the most drunk people like yelling outside of our homes for the rest of our lives. I'm so glad. I'm so <laughs> glad that you're here um, <laughs> because like, I don't feel like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say like, I try, I really try not, I was saying like how Chicago, like it kind of, it just gets into you. Yeah. I try to not make everything about Chicago. Um, uh, so I try to like not talk about Chicago shit, but uh, it's unsuccessfully, but uh, <laughs> having you on, it's like, fuck it. We're just going to lean in. Yeah, exactly. uh, um, so, but uh, so we had, we had Selena on and we talked about Boston and Dave was like, had like maybe zero interest in talking about it. Like, yeah, whatever. Boston, yeah, I live there, but who gives a shit? I, mean, <laughs> I probably held back some things about Boston, but you know, I wasn't going to rain on her parade. So it's one, um, of the, one, of the, one, of the, uh, one of the cool things about recording over Zoom is like we can see everybody's faces. And like, I can obviously tell, yeah, we might want to wrap this thing up because Dave is. Zero yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I mean, to be fair, just, I, I really enjoy talking to her. She's fantastic. I don't, don't, don't make it seem like I was like, Oh, when is this over? <laughs> um, uh, Boston is a city that, yeah, there's some issues with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of issues with Chicago too. I mean, of you know course, what I mean? You know, that, not to get like too heavy or deep, but, you know, it's interesting. I would love to hear from you about Whitney Young. You know, obviously North Side and South Side is very split, which your show will get to, but I think talks about it in such a interesting, great way. But the whole city is gentrified. You know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. South Side, but like even us growing up in Lakeview, which was not a totally disinvested neighborhood, but it was like a working class, like when we grew up neighborhood, but predominantly white, a lot white on the North side. And we saw even that got gentrified. Like, you know, my parents don't live there anymore because they couldn't, it's too, you know, it's only bougie ass rich people. Um, (laughs) But I can't, do you go back? Does your family still live there? My family actually just moved out of Chicago, but they, they were there 
I mean, that, they moved during quarantine, so I haven't seen them since February anyway. But uh, when I was there in February, they lived there, but now they don't. But I, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy to describe the justification because I, I kept trying to tell people, I'm like, because they, I, I started doing comedy at Town Hall Pub over in, in uh, Boys Town, and we used to live in Boys Town, right across from Town Hall Pub when I was a kid, uh, before we moved a little further west. But that's where we, that's where I'm from, basically. So I was like, you know, this area is, is not what it was when I was a kid. I was like, you guys are getting a very neutered down version of what this area is right now. And it's, I'm not saying I was, I grew up as, as tough as the kids in Inglewood or anything, but I'm like, you know what? It's not, it's not quite what you guys, what everyone, the new, co- new comedians coming to town. I was like, it's not exactly what you guys think it is. And George, you probably went to town all club because Fritz was, James Fritz used to perform there all the time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think I mean I went there once. Is like because I've been friends with him a little bit longer than I've been, been friends with you. Just maybe like yeah. a couple years because like my contemporaries in New York were were Josh or were Jocelyn Hughes and Brooklyn Poplin, who were right as you know were Chicago people who lived in New York. Just like that first group of comedians that that moved to New York. So why don't you guys take me through that era of living in Chicago in the music scene? Because I am at the same time I'm in college. And of course, there was rappers and artists from Chicago, but I don't know if they were as big a deal to y'all as they were to me. Like, uh, like a song that I loved in 1996 from Chicago was Do or Die's uh, Alpha and Omega. And the reason why I heard about it was because a friend of mine, he was a boxer and that was his theme music to the wow. ring was, was Alpha wow. and Omega. So it was like, so like that was like the, the, the jump off point for me. And of course, Crucial Conflict, Hey, and I'm from the other side of, it's like, I guess this is like mainstream for me was like what was going on at the same time in like 1996 because you guys are in high school for that so tell me about the music scene. what was going on that was uh so my brother graduated what 95 from lincoln park he went to lincoln park high school with latoya who uh is featured on crucial conflict's second song remember i forget what oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. latoya so i knew her toy through my brother and i knew fred rodriguez who's in dead president's because they were all the same class at Lincoln Park with my brother. Mm-hmm. So those watching them come out of that school and like we were all so excited when Freddie was in shit. Like we would go to the theater and be like, yo, that's our boy who just set a bomb and killed all those people <laughs> like, in Dead Presidents. It was amazing to watch. So I, it was like cool when LaToya got that song because we were like, oh, shit, LaToya is legit now. She's on a Crucial Conflict song. That's so cool. So that was like all that watching Chicago get more known was exciting then but it wasn't what it was when Kanye got big so it was like you know that because I also there was no social media so I didn't know how big they were I just knew this song was on MTV sometimes so I was like oh Mm -hmm. MTV is worldwide everybody sees MTV she must be an enormous star (laughs) and I think they were big to us right like like you said yeah crucial conflict and do or die and twister even people that aren't chino xl or like who like chicago is a place that if you're from if you put out we'll show up for you yeah absolutely and we'll buy your shit and we'll be like this is some chicago shit yeah so yeah definitely i'd say but i think would would you do you think that it's chained because i see even somebody like common Mm -hmm. who we knew as common sense yeah um, yeah and and he was like he was at a natural level as common sense yeah, yeah, yeah. His well, first two albums, I think he released under Common yeah, Sense. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, and to me, when you're growing up at that time, like those first two albums, Can I Buy a Dollar and uh, Resurrection, yeah, um, those are incredible. Yeah, but, those are classics. But do you think, I almost, him, and my point is him and Kanye 
Common was definitely aligned with Chicago at the beginning. And like, he's very Chicago and Kanye is very Chicago, but I always felt that they weren't, they didn't like, they didn't rep hard enough. You know what I mean? Like, is that, is that yeah. me just being silly? And sh- well, I think it's bitter, the state but- of the state of hip hop back then was very like, you know, you don't sell out, you don't leave anybody behind that kind of, especially underground hip hop. It was very like, very insular, very like, I don't trust capitalism kind of deal. The way that it's sort of come back now is, Twitter comedians are sort of like that. <laughs> and that's like a Chicago. That's like a Chicago thing, though, right? That's kind of what I was getting at. We, if you could just be a success in Chicago, that's as big as you know what I mean. Like we're almost salty when when it's like a national. You know what I mean? When it's like a yeah. Kanye, and we're like every word out of your mouth should be Chicago. Yeah, I, I, I think there's. A, I'm gonna give a pushback. Sorry, to interrupt you, but let me get pushback a little bit. I think that's a a a, a byproduct of the '90s, like yeah. uh, because like living in Memphis is like. We thought Three Six Mafia and Eight Ball MJG were the biggest rappers on the planet. Sure, they yeah. just happened to be just big in like one part of the world. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. selling out is a '90s thing. Now, if you ask rappers and artists from the 2000s, having your song a commercial, that's like cool. Like, yeah, back right. in the '90s, it was like no, 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 really, no, no, fuck that. I'm not <laughs> but surprised. now it's how you survive as an artist. Yeah, that's, <laughs> how, that's how you make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, talk about that all like the time. If you go back to '93 and then look at Travis Scott having a McDonald's cheeseburger. It's like a whole different world. It's like, what? I mean, I'm just going to say three words uh, or whatever, and we'll all know, which is KRS-One Sprite. Yeah. Yeah. Because like that was the moment for me. I was like, even they got, they got KRS. Yeah. Yeah. Capitalism. They got him. (laughs) Right. Like, I can't believe this should happen. Yeah. It was a lot of like, I always say like, it's weird if you go, if you grew up in the nineties to now, because there's a lot of. The different things are so big because it was so much don't label me don't call me that and now mm-hmm. it's such a like label centric world that we're like oh i want to i need to call you the right label back then it was like please call me no label because i'm too eccentric and too weird for you to put me in a box and now it's like no these are the boxes i need and i'm right. like i respect it but i'm also like it's hard to turn my brain that way to be like wait you want me to call you the right thing instead of like you want me to just say your name, which is what it used to be. It's like, I'm just, I'm just Will. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Dave, it's like, you actually have the unique, and Clark as well, it's like our friend Clark is like, you have the unique distinction of growing up and listening to like 90s hip hop in Chicago and then going another direction for college in Atlanta and being yeah. on the ground floor of Atlanta becoming like the thing. Yeah. Like, uh, with uh, Young Jeezy and T.I. and Bone Crusher. I could not avoid that song in Down South. And movies like ATL, tell me what that was like, because I saw it and Dave and I saw it from like another end, but you were like in the middle of it. What was that like to be there for that? It was definitely, it was a big deal because that year, I want to say the first year was like, welcome to Atlanta. Welcome to Atlanta was like when it was really well known that Atlanta was next up because it was everything else, all the songs and all the hits. It was like, oh shit, Atlanta's got some bangers. Little John is big. All these people are big. And then you're like, the welcome to Atlanta is when the world was like, all right, look, welcome to Atlanta. Like the rest of hip hop for the next 10 years is going to be all Atlanta based. So Mm -hmm. welcome to Atlanta. (laughs) And we were there for that. So it was like, it was cool to see all that happen up close and personal. And I weirdly got into three, six in college as well. Cause uh, (laughs) when I would get high sophomore year with my buddy, who's a lawyer now, so I won't really say who he is, but (laughs) we used to get high every day and listen to three, six mafia with my cousin as well. Where is the bud? Like, Where is the bud? Yeah, all of yeah, it. That, yeah, yeah. Sounds like, great. And he had like everybody in the South had speakers in their in their trunks. So we had our our bodies were vibrating in 36 Mafia. And yeah. we were like, 
is this devil worshiping? Because we were also told that. <laughs> They're like, three fix is devil worship music. And that's why they have the RPMs in their beats or whatever. And I'm like, it's fucking great though. <laughs> so if it I is. Had, I, no, it was, it was the best. I had a friend in college named Cornbread and uh, he had a shitty Caprice on like 16s and run around listening to Show Nuff, which is uh, the 3-6 with, uh, with Teller. Yeah. It was like, it was one of the best nights. Ever. Was, yeah, well, You're going to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those always the best nights. Where yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably should have died many times over. But it was good. Yeah. Speaking and of... That was... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Were, were you in... You said... Uh, I don't know. I, I We don't need to get off on this, but were you in Chicago when the Cubs won, won the World Series? I wasn't. My brother was, though, and he FaceTimed me. I was... That's the craziest night for me because it was also a career night where, like, I was... I was um, named Comedy Central comic to watch or something like that. One of the top, one of the ten, whatever thing. And so that was that night, and I couldn't have cared less about something career motivated on that night. So it was weird to be like, oh, I have to be this professional person. This is a big deal to me. I, you know, I'm, I had gotten to New York only a couple of years before that, so I was like, all right, good. This is good. This is, feels like I moved for the right reasons. But then I was like, but also, fuck, the Cubs are playing. I, I don't even want to do my set tonight. I don't care at all about my set. Yeah. So I would like go do my set and then go out into the hallway and watch the game. And then the whole night became like, where's Will? Oh, he's watching TV and FaceTiming his family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand. I, I'm a I, I booked a, I booked a nine day trip to Chicago. <laughs> like a month and a half in advance yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I was like, I ha- if they have any chance of being there, I have to be there. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then, I, and then I started to be like, once the playoffs start, I'm like, yo, if they're not in the world series, I'm spending eight straight days with my family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I love them, but like, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so thankfully they were there, but I, I just bring it up. Cause it was one of those nights where like, I, I thought there was a point in the night where I thought I might die. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, for sure. But like, I wasn't that, I wasn't like freaking out about it. I was just like, whatever happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was like, I think it's better that I wasn't nervous about the set or like thinking about the set because it was a big industry thing or whatever. And I don't, you normally care about those things anyway, but I, it does make me nervous sometimes when you're like, all right, now I got to be this person for these people. But the fact that the Cubs were on, I was like, truly I don't give a fuck about any. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so now it's not even me acting. It's truly, I'm only concerned with this baseball game. So and are you someone since yeah, I mean, you still root for Chicago teams? Oh yeah. Okay. So you've also like me been in places where it's not your hometown team. Um, yeah, I was here for the week before when the Cubs beat the, the Dodgers and I, when the Cubs beat the Dodgers, I was in a bar screaming. And then I noticed because I'd forgotten that I was in LA and I was like, oh, whoops. Uh, they're like, why are you cheering for them? I was like, well, I'm born and raised right near Wrigley Field. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it, but I still hate you. <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to ask you if you were a person who you want to be with people. Cause like for me, I used to, I mean, when we like went out to bars to watch a game, like no. when I was in my 20s, that would be what I wanted to do. And yeah. it was, you know, and it's about going out and having a good time. But like, if it's an important game, like when the Bears were in a Super Bowl or some shit, like I don't want anybody around. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, that, I, I'm gonna be an asshole probably. <laughs> well, because 2000 and what three, 2004, whenever we went far but didn't make it all the way, I think it was 03. 03. I was in Atlanta and I was around people, and that was very 
noticeably unhappy. Yeah. And I was like, I can't be around people like that again. So yeah. I it was, that's why I kept retreating to myself at the yeah. Carolines. I was like, I can't be near people, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that that phenomenon definitely. I didn't mean to get us off track with that. That was fine. It was like you guys, it's not all bad. You guys have like 90s bulls. I've been yeah, a, yeah, I've been a Bullets yeah. Wizards fan all my life. Oh man. And I, I just hope that we like win a couple of ball games in the first round. So <laughs> now I get like growing up near like uh like near uh, uh Wrigleyville, but I'm just saying it's like there's some it's not all bad. Everybody it, take yeah. it easy. <laughs> no, that's it, true. It's not. And I think, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit, but growing up in the 90s, especially, I mean, well, I guess it was after, but you went to Whitney Young, which is close to to uh, the United States. Right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, we were spoiled for sure. 100%. Definitely spoiled. At the same time, like, yeah, we had the Bulls, but mm-hmm. for 30 plus years, it's also been a lot of heartbreak. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's all relative. You guys also have been having like shit. 10 teams. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's yeah. true too. Y'all but it's also ship and been White Sox fans. It's fine. I am. I am also a White Sox fan, which, is, <laughs> which I always get shit for because people are like yeah. you can't be both, and I'm like, I am both because I hate Wrigleyville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I do hate Wrigleyville. But, yeah. Well, and I, don't well I hate know. the fans. I hate Cubs fans more than I hate new Cubs fans. Like I, I worked at Murphy's Hot Dogs. Oh wow. Right by Wrigley. I worked yeah. there. That was like my life changing job where. You know, he became such a mentor to me in life uh, as well. But I worked there and, you know, Ron Santa would come in. We'd have like all these different people come in all the time. So I, I saw the old school fans every day for every summer. And I worked there senior year of high school, too. So it was like every summer in college, senior, senior, junior, senior high school, I worked there. So it was a lot of me being like, OK, these are the fans I like. But then the new fans, you could tell they would come in. And, Can I get a char dog? Can you put ketchup on it? <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I understand that definitely. It's yeah, it's become I mean, I think this was kind of always true, but but definitely now, I mean, if you've been to a game in the past 10 years, it's you know, it's so corporate and it's like yeah. just a bunch of fucking white people yeah. on their fucking phones, yeah. like drinking and, and like they're not even there for the game at all. Yeah. They're just there for like the outing, you know, and that was kind of always, I mean, even when I reason, I agree with you when we were kids, I mean, it cost like $5 to go to the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like we would just go, I mean, my parents would just, and also in that era, my parents would just be like, just go as long as you're yeah. not in the house. And as long as you're back before too late, we don't give a shit. Cause it's walkable. Yeah. To both yeah. of us. Like, yeah. Totally. I we used to walk there at 20 yeah. minutes, 20 minutes. Um, yeah. but I still do have memories of being like going for batting practice <laughs> and <laughs> And sitting in the bleachers and being like wrestling with 35 year old drunk ass dudes. It's like a 13 year old because they like want to get the batting practice ball. (laughs) I'm just like, does that happen? What the fuck are you doing? Um, But yeah, that's uh, I forgot. I I got lost. I got lost talking about uh, the Cubs. But let's talk about for a second about the 90s Bulls. Would you say for people about just what it was like growing up in that time in the sense of how it was such a part of our daily life? Yeah. I mean, the thing that I think explains a lot of Chicagoans is that we had the number one player in the history of basketball. I would say arguably, but I don't really think that's arguable. Not here. It's not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's the best player ever to play basketball. Uh, LeBron is amazing without a doubt. Uh, But Michael Jordan will forever be the best player to ever play the game. To me, I'm 30, I'm damn near 40. So, you know, this is how it goes. (laughs) But to be, have that, have a winner six times of a championship 
be the world looks at us. <clears throat> they know Chicago and they associate us immediately with the Bulls. So it's like we're the city of champions, but we're still not New York. It was always the case. It's like, but you're still not. So we have this chip on our shoulder, despite being, you know, the top top of the tier, top tier. <laughs> so it's like yeah. our basketball player is the best player ever. Our team's the best team ever, one of the best teams in the whole history of the world. But we're still not quite, we're still looked at as a second city. So it's like that that explains Chicagoans to a T. Like you you're winning, but you have this anger towards everybody else that's going to eat at you for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, and you could say, you could say like 10 things to a Chicagoan and nine of them would be the most positive shit ever. Yeah. But like the 10th would be a slight dig and we will only hear the dig. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's what it's, it's what motivates you. When you look at Kanye, it's what motivates him to the point of like mental health breakdowns. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a gift and a curse. Cause it's like Kanye was, arguably one of the best musicians ever and still was like, I'm not getting any credit for, even though Jay-Z is giving me all the credit. I won Grammys at this point, but I'm not getting the credit I deserve. And it's like, all right, that's your, when you're from Chicago, you're always going to have a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. 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 You know, in a way I kind of respect that because that's one thing that you guys have over other regions of the country is you pride yourself on hard work. And that's a Midwest mentality. Like where I'm from, like, no, we're not about work. (laughs) <laughs> but, no, I'm just like I'm, I'm actually good on that process. Well, and it's, <laughs> I always think of it like and it, it applies to almost everything sports too of like what, yeah. we, what we like and stuff of, is that the motto is shut the fuck up and do your job yeah you know yeah, what I mean yeah. whereas like now you know I don't know if I would actually I don't necessarily believe in that <laughs> you know as far as it's it's it explains why partly why Michael Jordan why we're seeing the difference now with somebody like a LeBron who has the freedom to be outspoken, right? right? And Jordan, whether, I mean, I talked about this before, but he had a very specific image, right? Mm-hmm. Which would get broken down at certain points. You know, Last Dance talks about it a lot with Sam Smith and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's like, there's this attitude in Chicago. Of if you just do your job and like, don't complain, we're going to like you. Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's like kind of part of, I've always taken it as like a positive within myself. Of, yeah, just just do your job. You know what I mean? But you see the negatives immediately when you think of like Eric Kramer or any <laughs> Bears quarterback ever yeah. has undergone such brutal mistreatment that if we just were, if we just let them be for a little bit, they'd be better. Well, I think you're our fault as Bears fans, <laughs> and that's well, and it's the it's this it's the other side of the Chicago coin, right? Of that. Yeah we will fucking jump all over your ass yeah. if there's something that we perceive as a slight or like something that you didn't do. Yeah. yeah. If we're nice to Jay Cutler, he's not a Trump supporter, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, even for myself, I needed to hear that to be like, oh, Jay Cutler is the dude that we... That yeah, we exactly. Because for years <laughs> I was like, he's the most talented Bears quarterback ever. <laughs> I know, I know. But then when I heard him straight up being like, He's saying some good things. I like where it's going in 2016, talking about Trump. I was like, oh, okay, I'm done with you. Go for yeah, it. yeah. But that's, like I said, I think it's something, it's those kind of things like you take with you, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, I think it's, uh, it got us to where we are, but I think it, it, looking at it, it is like, oh, that seems like an unhealthy attitude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Just shut up and do your job. It's like, it is. That's, without it, I would probably not be where I am today, but it is like, 
it's not good. But, maybe, <laughs> but you might have been happier. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Michael Jordan now. Michael Jordan now cries. He gives money everywhere. It's like yeah. he looks like a human being. And you're like, oh, we didn't get that at all. I know. Up. And if I'm like, have this mentality as a men, as like a somebody to look up to who knows someone who like done. has failings and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like thinks about things other than like what's right in front of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. This guy um, didn't even care about friends. He was like, fuck you. Well, I mean, like I kind of enjoy his his pettiness, to be quite honest with you. Whatever you use to sort of like the motivate you, I think it's kind of interesting. I wanted to ask you because I guess. Because I know you as a Chicago comedian, and I know I knew that you went to school in Atlanta. Did you start in Atlanta or did you start in Chicago? Because given all the stuff that you guys said about Chicago, there's part of me that makes you want to go, why the fuck would you want to start doing stand-up there? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but at the same time, I mean, you should answer this, but they also take care of you, though, in a way. In Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it was more so like, you know, this is where I'm from. I got a... Yes. I, I wasn't even thinking about where to start stand-up more, so I was like... My friends are here. I can split rent with my best friend from high school. I can split rent with, or like I can, I'm all around all the people I know already who I didn't go to college with. Uh, so that was big motivation for me. And then it was like a high school friend, you know, Hannibal was in Chicago for a while too. And we had a lot of mutual high school friends. So they were like, you guys meet up and then you can, he'll show you the ropes of like where to perform in the city. And that was obviously enormously helpful so, <laughs> but it was like a lot of that was was happenstance just like i happened to move back to chicago but i, I didn't start atlanta i started in chicago okay so you yeah. graduate from college and you're like uh atlanta is cool like crunk is jumping off you're like no yeah. but i'm going back to chicago to do <laughs> yeah because yeah. i knew i knew probably senior year of high school at whitney young is when uh killing him softly came out and that's when i was like everybody around school started to know I was funny. And like, I remember Mr. Ladiac, our principal was, I was a little hurt that I, I just went class clown. And he was like, you're not a clown though. He was like, you're, you're more like the class comedian. You just observe and talk about it. You don't really act out at all. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. I don't really have any like act out emotions in me anyway. So I was like, maybe I like this. I like, thank you, Mr. Laddie. I got it's like a be- really helpful thing for a teacher to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. What was the joke that just sort of just, that you were like, holy shit, that's incredible. Because uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a handful of years older than you. So like, uh, I remember the joke that I love. So what was the joke that you love from that special? Because I can <laughs> quote that thing backwards if I have to. I know, ex- me too. <laughs> One that, uh, uh, that took it over the edge for me. Well, I liked when he was like uh, the the part about women talking too much, you know, whatever. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> and yeah, I know, I, right? Yeah, you know, uh, but I was like, this is so accurate. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't still believe that. You know, it's cool. On. We'll cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> leave it in people need to know how i thought at 17 <laughs> i agree and i'm i'm right there with you so uh but that that was good but i'll him and chip is what really yeah. drew me over the line of like it made me be like okay not only is this so unbelievably funny to me but also i can relate because my you know i have a white best friend as well who I, who we roll around smoke weed with uh so i was like this is this is really good. <laughs> yeah, no, he's the the part of the joke that, that that's my favorite joke too, is when he's when he's he's doing the act of touching a cop. He's like he's all yeah. he's all touching him and shit. Excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> 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 like, he's like, take it easy. 
You're on Third Street. And I just, <laughs> and it's not a Third Street in America that I won't just go, take it easy. You're on <laughs> yeah, Third yeah. Street. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a great joke, too. Because, it's yeah. a great joke, too, because I also relate to it as a white guy who's told <laughs> cops to go fuck themselves. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, go fuck yourself, officer. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and right after that, it was when, like, there was a big thing where me and my all my other my boys were like me and my boys got arrested a bunch of times in Chicago, but this particular one was for weed, and it was like uh, it was racially motivated. They just saw us walking through the park and were like, "Here's three black kids, so let's arrest them," uh, because they thought there was we were murderers. Luckily, we weren't murderers, so they let us go. But around the same time, all my white should be a different podcast. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be a different country if they actually yeah. went after people who deserve to be. Exactly. But around the same time, a bunch of my white friends uh, got arrested with pounds of weed and were let off. They like they didn't experience much of the same shit that we experienced just for having, you know, half an ounce. So that was a, a big moment in my life also for noticing that chip uh, relationship. So I was like, oh, man. This having seen the chip thing play out, we didn't get arrested much in high school or at all. I didn't get arrested at all in high school. Again, none of these were for proper reasons, me being arrested. But but I was like watching that special being like, this is funny as shit. I can relate even without having experienced it. And then to experience it later, I was like, oh, this is this is probably going to be my career path. <laughs> Just being able to see that right away and call it out and be like, maybe I'm an observational comedian. I like Mr. Ladiak said. I think. Or, sorry, go ahead, George. No, no, no. I was like, uh, I was just going to touch on like the special itself. It's it was ahead of his time. It's, that was kind of the jumping off point for a lot of America for the day. Remember, he's wearing like the jeans that are baggy, and he like yeah, he daps at the guy in the front rows, and yeah. he talks about chivalry and uh, that all the thing. But like he was doing commentary without it being over the top about commentary, and uh, that's part of the reason why that's still my favorite special of all time. And he's a uh, storyteller. Yeah, 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 and it, yeah like yeah. in that special, the yeah, the absurdity scene. about the, the the limo driver and the baby selling weed, and there's like mm-hmm. there was more to that joke than it just being absurd. So exactly, uh, exactly, which is honestly a really good segue into talking about your show because I think that it's so interesting. I mean, for me as like a person who grew up in a white area in Chicago as a white person but still understanding the differences, you know what I mean? But also Inglewood specifically is such a flashpoint and it's been weaponized, you know, just Chicago yeah, yeah. in general. And I admittedly, I'm not all the way through the first season, but I watched probably like the first five or six. Mm-hmm. And I just love how well you guys present, you know, this picture of a different part of Chicago that I grew up in, very different, but I still relate to it and I can still understand. It's very funny, but there's like a lot more going on under there. So it's clear, clear that things like, Chappelle and storytelling are like you all the writers you guys probably love that shit Um, oh yeah big fans can you just talk about what first of all I guess we'll talk about the show in general about like how you guys are all everybody's Chicago person right yeah everybody's from Chicago in the room which is cool I didn't even know you could do shit like that but I was like yeah it's (laughs) like that's one of those where like I talked about Bill Murphy being a mentor and like all these different people in your life Chris Gethard for me or so important Hannibal where you're like I've without them my whole life will be different and I think Bashir and Diallo who created that show are the same where it's like that experience alone is what has motivated my entire life for the last three four years because I didn't know a lot of things until that show where I didn't know you could work with your family because it's created by Bashir uh Salahuddin Diallo Riddle and uh 
it's the second I've worked on two things with them and both of them, both of their families are heavily involved in the projects. And I'm like, this is so amazing. You can just do that. And it's, it took them, took them like years and years of going through trenches, having shows picked up, not, not gone through to be able to do shit like that. But it is cool to watch it right now and be like, yeah, you have the, I, you have the options to do this at some point in your life. And so that, that part was great. But then also in the, in the Chicago aspect of it, Bashir, seeing what was going on with his brother and his friends and being like, there's a show here <laughs> and then being like, and Chicago is misrepresented. So we can do more than just have it be a show, you know, cause everybody, there's all the Chicago PD med, all that stuff is great shows. But I love that the motivation for this was to be like, everyone I know in Chicago is really funny. So the fact that we're only seen as this gun toting drama city Every person in the city is funny as shit. And I had an interesting perspective because I'm the only one from the north side in the room. So, but I went to Whitney Young. So, all my friends were from the south side. So, I was like, you know, I was the guy who drove 40 minutes every day <laughs> to hang out with friends. So, it was like one of those things where it's like I, I went back home to the north side every night, but every pretty much every day was spent on the south side. So, I had the, the experience of both sides of the city every day of my life pretty much from uh, 14 to, to today. So it was like, it was interesting to put that in the show too, because there was a uh, aspects of the North side that you just can't know where, especially from when we grew up, there's just parts of it where you just can't know unless you experienced it. Like, you know, Candyman took place on the North side of Chicago, but nobody talks about that. <laughs> Greeny green. One of the Greeny green was down the street from our, my elementary school, both of our elementary schools. Yeah. Yep. And it so was just like, like a clear dividing line of North Avenue being like, don't cross North Avenue. Yeah. Don't yeah. go that way. But it was like, you could see, I mean, it was literally right across the street. Yeah. yeah. But every, like everybody I knew in gangs who sold drugs to the people I knew who were going to Harvard, they were all very funny. And I, I that's why I got on board with their vision so much. Cause I was like, yeah, everybody is really, really funny. They'll just never be comedians because they have this whole other life that they're living so there's a way to show that without necessarily like because a lot of the actors are from chicago almost all of them and there are a lot of them maybe sometimes it's their first roles so it's like you truly are just getting people who are funny from the city to be in a show and that's it's like a to me it's like a magical thing you know it's pretty great (laughs) yeah well honestly even me like i said like i got such a strong you know emotional attachment to it being a Chicagoan. And like I said, it's not, it's not how I grew up. And so that's interesting to me. And also like the, what you just said about it being like kind of a family affair. I knew that obviously the two guys, the other two guys are twins, twin brothers. Yeah. 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 And Bashir and, and his brother are, are like the, the creators. It, if you can, you sense that you feel it like there's mm-hmm. a closeness because that's interesting also that you say a lot of people, there's people that are non-actors or, or it's their first role. I can, you saying that, that makes sense, but not in a way of like, because they seemed unnatural. You know what I mean? Right, right. It all seems very uh, cohesive. And and also I want, that that leads me to talk about, you said, were, were those guys actually, did they actually work in like a Renaissance type place? Is that from you? Yeah, life? yeah. His, uh, his brother's friends, the two, the twins, they that's based on a lot of their real life. And Sultan is their best friend from high school. It's so I thought it was such an interesting place to set a show for so many reasons. One, one, like it's so cool just in like the first one, like 
how you can meet all the different characters and have yeah, like yeah. the ensemble. Um, but also like, I think that a lot of people, I mean, myself included with only in the last few years really understood what those places are. And like <laughs> yeah. that cult, like, yeah. you know, I had even texted George while I was watching the show. I was like, yo, I didn't know those places had mattresses. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, but, but like how predatory, you know, it is, but you guys do such a good job of, it's funny. It's hysterical. I, I've laughed out loud every episode, but nice. it's also like, damn, like they're talking about some real shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that they said in the room too, but sure specifically was like, the main goal is to be funny. And if there's like a purpose that comes second, but if the main goal is to be funny, you know, inherently the same way everybody's funny, we're all funny, but we all experience these different things. And it's like, nobody is as heavy handed as every drama <laughs> when like something's bad. You're like, nobody's like, this is gentrification. This is what's going on. I'm going to, in real life, people don't talk like that. So it's like a, it's a mix of how to be mainly be funny, but also be like, don't forget, there's some fucked up shit going on here, too. But mm -hmm. really, it's just funny. But yeah, yeah. no, I you guys did a really, really good job of being able to, to toe the line of addressing some real life issues, but also being funny with it. I have a question for you. The actress who my favorite scene in the, in the episode is the actress, actress who's introducing herself. She's like, yes, I do know Eddie Curry. We yeah, used yeah. to go together. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've never laughed so hard at something that's also laughed very out specific. She's from Chicago. She's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nefertari Spencer. Yeah, she's hilarious. Uh, she's the best. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was a, that was the line. I mean, she's an excellent actress and she improvised a lot of that. But that, that specific Eddie Curry line was something that was... Hilarious in the room, hilarious at the read through, hilarious at the <laughs> at the second read through, at the table read, and all the shit. Where it's like, oh, once that got on TV, we're like as funny as it was when yeah. first pitched in the room. That's great. It's, it says here <laughs> that you have two sons. It's like, oh, he's in the science. That just, <laughs> that, just, that just killed me. But again, like funny, but also like I was kind of like, oh, like you know what I mean? Like I, I felt also bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I was like. And, and also as a white person, there's definitely moments where I'm like, I laugh and I'm like, yo, don't, you shouldn't laugh. But, <laughs> don't laugh. but, that, but it's because it's good. And, you know, it's like, like I said, like you can do that, right? You can, yeah, you can make yeah. people laugh, but also make people think. It stems from the fact that I knew girls who dated Eddie Curry in high school too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I also might have, might have. Because yeah. he's my year from uh, Thornwood. And I think. Well, Najib Eccles was from my year at Whitney Young. And so it was a lot of like these guys. We had the best basketball team, arguably, in the country at Whitney Young. Uh, definitely my freshman year when we had Quentin Richardson. But we were state champs or city champs my senior year as well. So, you know, it's a legacy there. But that's so basketball is so, so much high, Chicago. high school basketball. I was I was telling George, I was like, uh, how much we might not want to get off on Chicago high school basketball. Yeah, yeah, because it's. Um, but you, but just, you know, briefly, that must've been so fucking, uh, I mean, in, at that time, that whole conference, the red West conference, yeah, like, yeah. those, those are like red, some legit, red West in 20 years, but I love hearing it. <laughs> red West. Um, <laughs> the you, red you, know, West, yeah. you know what you should listen to is, uh, Quentin Richardson and Darius miles yeah. had their own podcast. If you don't yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If oh, you want to hear them that. talk about the red West and shit like that, it's like, Chicago <laughs> people's like I'm like you know manna um but uh uh so okay so 
you did a first season on Comedy Central and you were picked up on a different can you we were picked up on Comedy Central for season two and we wrote it <clears throat> and then in the midst of uh whatever's going on over at Comedy Central we moved to HBO Max and so I just yeah I mean I'm not in the big meetings but I'm like I'm curious what's going to happen I mean I know I heard we are going to shoot at some point so I'm like, great, I cannot wait because I'm curious what we can do on HBO Max that we couldn't do on Comedy Central. And I'm excited for it. I mean, I think they're still involved. They're, they're still producing it, which is cool because I like those people over there who were like ushering it through. They were very cool to us. Uh, so do you already far, have a second season written? Yeah, we have it written. Oh, wow. And awesome. scripts turn in and everything uh, as far as I know. Great. And uh, so it's, gotta, it is it is happening. It's happening for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Great. I'm waiting to hear from everybody from Dial and Bashir mainly about what's when we start and like what are we doing before that but i'm pumped for it because it's the eyes that are going to be on it when it's on hbo max i think it, i don't know when it comes on hbo max but i, I hope it's soon the season one is going to move over there awesome so like, great a lot of eyes will be on it more than yeah more. they're you know the trend like i don't i have a weird experience too because i mean george is like the only fucking person i know that watches tv like he has cable and like flips yeah cha- yeah he yeah. flips channels like yeah, I do yeah, yeah. which is like not a like I understand it because I'm 36, but I don't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we watch yeah. specifically what we, you know, so yeah, so no, like, I, I get annoyed with just streaming in general in general. Like I, yeah. I like digesting television. I watch it on Sunday and then like we'll take a, a week to process it, and then like the very next Sunday, I'm watching the very next episode because I think it's just a better way. Just a, it's a it's an interesting way to digest content. I just find that to be more interesting. I'm not a dude who can just sit there for like seven hours watching the fucking same show. It's like, I don't know why anyone does also. Yeah. I'm like, even I could, I, I think I even believe more in like spread it out at least a day. Yeah. Right. Everybody. Well, you're, there's a point where you're not comprehending. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're missing shit. Yeah. There's yeah. like, you didn't get everything because you were worried about what was in the next episode. Cause everything just rolls right into the next episode all the time. I'm like, or you're just a pothead and you started thinking about something completely different uh-huh. while it was happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Open your brain for a week. I like that. Yeah. And I think how I gravitated to this, the show, because like one, I, I do have cable and I do some the channels. The, uh, the, the trailer is really good with that song that I really liked. And the fact that my friend wrote the show. So like <laughs> I was able to, I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll check that out. Set the record. And then like every Thursday, I think is when it aired. It was like, I was watching this half hour show. And, and I sort of like process them as like them being a part of my family because awesome. like yeah, I'm yeah, seeing yeah. them every Thursday. Yeah. So like, yeah. and, that, and I, I just, for some reason, I just ingest television that way. I just, the streaming model, the Hulu, Netflix, whatever, it's just a little different. Well, it's the, it's the way of the future and everything. And it's like, you know, Honestly, you probably won't get a season two without those streaming things now, but it is, there's something about ingesting it. I think Netflix tried to do some things where, in Hulu, where they, Hulu definitely does it where it comes out every week still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Cause I think, yeah, the model of, of every, of just getting the full season at once is too hard to manage yourself. It's like yeah. giving a baby candy or something. Right. Right. <laughs> or just having all the cocaine. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm totally joking. Is it having a week's <laughs> worth of cocaine? <laughs> having a week's worth of cocaine on Monday. It's like no, no, no. Spit yeah, it out. You're gonna. Well, I, yeah, you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it on Tuesday. Yeah. I have it all. Like put it all at once. <laughs> or my entire house is gonna be spotless. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> I cleaned everything. Yeah, so yeah. And it's only it's only like three p.m. on Monday. <laughs> um, well, it's like I get think that that that. 
that takes us to like what we uh, want to play. So whenever we have a guest and you being our, I think our fourth guest and uh, thank you again for coming on. We like to play a little, we like to play a little game. Our first guest was my buddy, Brett, who's a filmmaker and who's also really into fantasy football. So we drafted a, a team to, to be in a heist movie. So it's just like a football players, a football yeah, player. Yeah, and okay. that ended up being kind of fun. And I thought of something that would be kind of entertaining as you being this, uh, this comedian who's been on, Comedy Central has been on Comics of Watch and is now a writer on a on a TV show that Will and I both love. It was like it was like, why don't we take a beloved TV show that and we recast it as our favorite rappers because that could be fun for everybody. So, so what we're gonna do here is uh, the three of us we are going to recast the TV show of Friends. I'm gonna start first. Dave, you're gonna go second, and Will, you being our our guest, you're gonna go last. But I want you to go last because. I want you to stick the landing because you are a pro at this. So, uh, <laughs> so at first is like what we're gonna do is like the first cast member we're gonna recast is Jennifer Anderson's Rachel Green. I've always found that to be the star of the show, given the fact that like uh, as the show progresses, like first off she's on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine by mm-hmm. herself. She's probably like the one character or one actress who's like whose other vehicles have been a little bit bigger. She's been in bigger movies. Those Adam Sandler movies are are huge. I've never been a fan of it, but. I was thinking, of, <laughs> I was thinking of it as the rapper that I'd love to be, my Rachel Green and my version of Friends. I wanted, I was thinking of somebody who's had a really, really great 2020, and uh, somebody who's had an amazing 2020 from her jaw-dropping performance on SNL, her verse on WAP. My Rachel Green and George Gordon Friends reboot is Megan the Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. All right, Dave, who's, who plays Rachel Green in your Friends reboot? All right, so for me, I was looking at somebody who's like, yeah, like you said, kind of the star, but also like not really, like I don't think she's like the emotional center of like the show really. Like, you know, she's okay. not, she's kind of like, and that's that already embarrasses myself that I could like <laughs> pontificate like that on Friends, which is a show that I don't think, that me and George all don't really like, but I, but we were talking about before how the age like I, I've watched every fucking episode because when you were like that age, I don't know if you watched it, but uh, it was like such part of the the zeitgeist. I know everybody was talking about it. I didn't really watch it as a kid, but I, as an adult with TBS in New York, uh, that's when I started watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in that respect, so my Rachel is like I said, someone who's a pop star and the showstopper, but maybe not you know the most depth ever. So. My Rachel Green is Missy Elliott. Oh, that's good. Missy Elliott, also a trendsetter. Somebody that people were doing the shit that she was doing way after. And Jennifer Aniston, like that whole fucking haircut was like a thing. Like <laughs> the Rachel every fucking day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, Missy Elliott. Will, you're, you're Rachel. See, the way I was going with it is somebody who's a part of a, an iconic relationship that's talked about for years. And it, not at the moment, because when Friends came out, nobody was talking about Ross and Rachel. They were just talking about the show. And then as as years progressed, which I think will happen in the future from now with this couple, I like <laughs> I think this person is going to be huge. And I just she acted in something. But I like Saweetie as a, as a <laughs> Rachel Green because Saweetie is. I mean, no disrespect to Quavo, but Sweetie is gorgeous. <laughs> As Rachel was at the time, you know, when, when she came on screen, everybody was like, oh my God, she's gorgeous. It's the same with Sweetie. When she came out, everybody was like, Jesus Christ, she's gorgeous. So <laughs> there is that. 
And I think she's uh, her and Quavo are a very fun relationship. But we've already seen that. I mean, Cardi B and 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 uh, and Offset have more of a Rachel Ross relationship, and then they keep <laughs> breaking up. <laughs> but it does Absolutely. feel like Media and Quavo are going to stand the test of time. Um, you heard it here I, first. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really, I believe in that couple. So I, I, I like where your head's at. So uh, we're gonna keep this thing, keep this thing moving. So uh, I figure since we're gonna like Rachel is like who I think is the, the lead of the show. I think we're gonna move to like I guess the next maybe biggest star of the show. And that's probably David Schwimmer, and that's Ross Geller. So mm-hmm. I'm so I was thinking for my Ross Geller, I'm I'm gonna have somebody that gives a little gravitas to my cast, and him being the one person who probably could act, considering that he was a theater person. I'm gonna have my favorite rapper uh, as play my uh, my Ross Geller in my reboot, and that's gonna be Ghostface. So Ooh, Ghostface yeah. is my plays my Ross Geller and my yeah. reboot of Friends. Hell yeah, that's good, Dave. All right, so I was I, w- I was also kind of thinking about people kind of with acting chops because I wanted mm-hmm. to actually like see if this could be a, a funny show, and so my Ross is somebody who's really big, but but as George was kind of alluding to. Many people don't know, but David Schwimmer, actually, he was like a serious theater actor. Mm -hmm. He was like a theater director. Uh, He's a theater company in Chicago, Looking Glass. Um, Anyway, but... uh, Also um, in Libreville, by the way. Yes. Yes, that's true. I actually worked for them for like a whole summer and and, uh, met, worked for David Schwimmer. Yeah. He he was fine. He was nice. His coffee coffee order is fucking ridiculous. His, <laughs> his Starbucks order is what you would expect it to be. It took me like 10 minutes to get. Uh, but anyway, for the raw Skeller of my friend's reboot is ludicrous. Ludicrous. Oh, yeah. Somebody who's like really big and bombastic, but honestly, like, yo, he's got some of the best flow. I think at, like the way he puts lines together and like his rhyme scheme is like so good. And he's like a commercial rapper. But I think he's better than he gets credit for. Like, I think his lyricism is really good. And yeah, so I guess I'm saying that Ross is also a great character. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, yeah, Luda. Luda is my Ross. That's a good Ross. It seems like I would choose Quavo for this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't choose Quavo. I only chose Saweetie for Rachel, but I won't choose Quavo for Ross, despite everything I just said. But I for me Ross I was like what is the best perception of Ross you know if you take a 30,000 feet view you see Ross is soft but really he's just all about his emotions and he's tapped in to his feminine side and so I was like who's a rapper who's like that and so I'm going with Chicago and Common Common <laughs> if you look at Common I've not his first two albums but if you look at Common post Erica Badu you're like this guy's, you know, strangely soft, but he's still that old common and he's not soft. He's just tapped into the world. He's got his Palo Santo around. He's, <laughs> he's on what, some different shit. He's on some different shit, which right is what Ross was on. Yeah. Paleontology didn't, you know, instead <laughs> of him being a little bit emotional. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible, Ross. <laughs> so we're going to work our way to, uh, to Courtney Cox's Monica Geller. For me, I wanted someone who I know to stand next to my Rachel, Megan. And uh, and seeing that the reason why I chose Megan because like uh, her 2020 is incredible. In fact, she's got an album coming out tomorrow. Oh, nice. So shout out to Megan. Asalia. So I wanted somebody that was like, I know I could stand next to her. So 
by that metric, considering I, I chose 2020, 2020 to star, I figure I'm going to choose a 2019's uh, breakout star, even though she's been around forever. Shout out to Minnesota and the, the Midwest and shout out to playing the flute. So 2019, yeah. my Monica Geller is going to be Lizzo. So there we go. That's good. That's good. Lizzo's all, yeah, I, I watched that show. Yeah. So Dave, who's, who plays Monica? In all right. Region? So my Monica, also somebody, I wanted to go with somebody who has acting chops and could handle like whole storylines um, because she's she's one of the, I would say, you know, she's one of the main, main characters, especially like as it goes along and her and Chandler get together, that becomes like mm-hmm. such a main storyline. And so I wanted to go, I, I'm going with Queen Latifah, who we know has acting chops, who we know can be in a 90s sitcom because she was basically in an alternate version of Friends called Living Single. <laughs> um, and she was great in it. And she, I, she was like the lead of that show and she totally could carry it. So Queen Latifah is my uh, my Monica. For my Monica, I chose somebody because I view the character as Monica, of Monica as like, you know, slightly annoying, but with good product, you know, she she's slightly annoying, but she's a good chef and she's a great friend. So... Through a fault, this person is a great friend and sister, even though she shouldn't be because some of the people in her life are awful. Um, that is Nicki Minaj. Also, <laughs> she's also slightly annoying. So there is, she's got a lot of qualities. I feel like she is as OCD cleaning wise, probably just based on her personality that I that comes across in her in her songs and um, what are public appearances. Mm-hmm. So like I bet. She's like that. I bet she's as semi-controlling in her relationships and everything. Like, and this is all I have no knowledge of this, but I'm like, based on her doing these weird voices and her characters, I buy it. She's a little, <laughs> bit, yeah, similar to Monica. So I wear nice. the Monica. Nice. Moving right along. So uh, the next up, we have Joey Triviani, which is played by Matt LeBlanc. Of all of the six characters, he's probably my least favorite because as far as like the he didn't have to reach very far to play this character. But I didn't want to like cast that person in that kind of light. But I do have a reason why I cast this person. And you're going to find out when you find out who my Matthew Perry is. But I'm going to make it easy for you guys. And you'll probably figure out by who I have as Joey Triviani. And I saw him in concert. And the cool thing was, when he did his verse of the song that they do together, they're very popular song they did together. I saw this one that Saturday. I saw my character from Matthew Perry that Sunday. And just to give me an idea, it was like the song is Collard Greens and my Matt, my uh, my Joe Triviani is Schoolboy Q. So you That's already know great. who my who my my Chandler Bing's gonna be. But Schoolboy Q plays is gonna be playing my uh my Joe Triviani, my friend's reboot. <laughs> All right. Okay. So my Joey, he's I thought of someone who's like kind of unintelligible <laughs> but <laughs> but like if you parse the words he's like really saying a lot of great shit and i feel like i i mean to be perfectly honest i didn't go back and watch any friends for this this podcast um but uh i feel like there was like a plot line later on of him being like a secret genius or like he was in touch with something that like people were like he's dumb but he's he like knows this intrinsically so for me, my Joey is Chicago's own Twister. That's good. Yeah. Someone who is like almost unintelligible because he's so fat. He speaks so fast. But like Twister, I'll put him up. I mean, I think a lot of Chicagoans will. He's always been one of my favorite rappers. He's incredible. I don't think he gets the credit he uh, he he deserves. So Joey Triviani, Twister. For me, you know. Joey 
Joey is uh he got all the funny lines. Him and Lisa Kudrow, they just got the jokes. I feel like everybody else led the story, but Joey never really led the story. But it was always funny when he said something. And when he did lead the story, it was a very funny story. Uh, but yeah, his character was a little weird. But I liked the aspects of you know what you're getting when you go to Joey. Because uh, you're like, okay, here goes this guy. This is the character he's going to be. And this, I chose a person who is probably as influential in my comedy as Dave Chappelle. Uh, and so I chose Redman because Redman is one of the funniest people, people ever probably to ever be in the public eye, let alone rapper. So I think Redman is top notch guy. You can just throw jokes to. I don't know if you've seen his, his new video for slap the shit out you, but it's hilarious. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, to Redman on Cribs for two episodes. It's I was about to say, well, that was like the moment where I was like, oh shit, he's actually hysteric. Like I, you always know from his rap, but like that Cribs episode is like, yeah, I remember it. Hilarious, yeah, he's hilarious. They did they did a they did a follow up episode of Cribs, and the guy that was on the couch was also on the couch again, like ten years later. <laughs> It was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He had cleaned up a little bit. I just saw. I I recently watched that for some reason. That's yeah. It's it's you. It's like I was like, what the fuck? This is what happens when you have cable. You just flip the yeah. channel. It's like, oh, Cribs two thousand five is on. Anyway, moving right along. So um, uh, Lisa Kudrow, who we're going to cast next, who plays Phoebe Buffay. Um, uh, I I it's very difficult for smart people to play a not as smart character. Not that Phoebe was was not bright. It's just. Her character was uh, was very dim, and that was there's it's the genius of that character, and part of the reason why is widely regarded that she's that character and that actress is probably one of the best characters in the history of comedy on TV because it is difficult for for smart people to play dumb people. It's just that's just how it is. So when I casted when I wanted to cast that part, I wanted to make sure that I have like widely regarded as one of the best rappers of all time. Uh, also, shout out to Lisa Kudrow, hip hop uh, reference. She went to high school with Eazy-E and Ice Cube in LA. What? Really weird. Yeah, they went to high school together. That's insane. And Robin Wright. So I guess they were <laughs> at home back doing doing all kinds of shit. Anyway, so um, uh, I casted Missy Elliott in this part because I want gravitas for this part because this is the part of the person that's like the character on the show that's like a sneaky great character that's like uh, this. She delivers in every scene that she's in, just like Missy Ella delivers in every, every, every guest that she's like. When when uh when uh homegirl host was on S, was on uh the Super Bowl, nobody was talking about her the next day. It was like it was like yo, Katy Perry was hosted it was uh, the Super Bowl host or the, the halftime person. Mm-hmm. Missy Ella was on there too. Who the fuck is Katy Perry? So yeah. it was yeah. the people the next day were talking about the Sharks and Katy Perry. So I wanted that part to be huge because that's so. Missy is my Phoebe Buffet. Yeah. Type. All right. So I like I like that. And I I was looking at it from similar perspective, but slightly different in that like Phoebe is a character that was like a device in uh in 90s TV or in TV still of like she's funny because she's different. She represents like a di- she's she's like out here and like everybody else is here and they're like uh, she's operating on like a different plane and like the things she says, they're not fun. She's not, they're not jokes to her, but it's a joke to everybody else. Cause she's like, she's doing, and she's like, got this like granola hippie, hippie, like mother earth. Like I said, like removed from like the main circle. So for me, 
she would be Jill Scott, who could, I could just imagine like wearing like very flowing, like open clothing and and like, just like, like burning sage and and just like being in the background (laughs) and like popping in for like a funny line or two, but people are just like, oh, she's just doing her, her weird thing back back in the back which is what i feel like Evie was kind of which to your point george was kind of like a sneaky good character because she did sneaky deliver good. and yep. like you know when has jill scott not delivered I mean, yeah sneaky good character always delivers yeah 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 so phoebe is my jill scott is jill scott is my phoebe that's great i also chose a singer but i was like as far as rappers go because i was like in the mindset of rapper but i was like this person has made every rapper they've been with better so I was like, and she's crunchy. She's got a lot of the same ideals as Phoebe Buffay. And uh, and I was like, she's, uh, to me, Other Side of the Game is not only a great song, but it's it should have won a Pulitzer. It's so good. Uh, the song Other Side of the Game is amazing. It's like you take the rap of a person selling drugs, and then what's the other side of that? Their Their wife or girlfriend. So the other side of the game, it's like, to me, it's the most brilliant, one of the most brilliant songs ever. So that puts her in hip hop lexicon. But Erica Badu is Phoebe Buffay. <laughs> I was kind of like, I was debating, like, I it's like a sim. I was thinking similar, and I yeah, was like, yeah, almost yeah. Erica Badu, but I for whatever reason chose Jill. <laughs> but I see your logic there. But Jill's great. As is great. They 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 had the weird uh, you got me connection, which is which is yeah. You so you guys you Midwesterners in your fucking same brain. Anyway, <laughs> so and our last casting choice for the the TV show Friends, uh, Chandler Bing. Now I've already mentioned that I I cast the Schoolboy Q uh, as my uh, Joey Triviani. So of course it was like a no brainer, because of, to me like the heart of the the show is about friends. What what about that? So why don't we cast some actual real friends? So my Chandler Bing, of course, is going to be Kendrick Lamar, just so I could see Schoolboy Q and Kendrick just just hang out and do all kinds of shit. So. Quickly, Dave. It was like, who is your Chandler Bing in your reboot? All right. My Chandler Bing, someone who I wanted to go with the best actor and someone who's hysterical, but also I think an incredible actor and could be the heart of a show, definitely, which is Yasin Bey, formerly known as Most Def, Mighty Most Def. Uh, I think he doesn't get enough credit for his acting. He's so he's a great actor. And also he's hysterical. Like that mm-hmm. terrible movie with uh, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not great. The movie with Bruce Willis. 16 blocks i don't know if you guys have seen that yes. but most f is incredible in that movie yeah. like, he's incredible but anyway so most f is my my chandler i took a page from both of you ironically because i wanted a friend to be to bounce off of and i like this person's acting as much as i like well maybe not as much but i love their acting too but met the man i think is chandler bing because i think he's he's the difference in humor that is exactly what Redman is to Joey. That Chandler is to Method Man. I'm like, yeah, that's they've got the opposite energies there. They're both very funny. Nice. Yeah. He's incredible on the Deuce. He's uh he plays a oh, yeah. he's so good on that show. Yeah. I don't I hated that the show got canceled. That was um did it get canceled or I think I think David Simon's like basically was like it's only we're only doing that those three they, I think they oh, only okay. yeah. Um but he always has to fight. Like he's, I think he did fight them. He's on like good. A number of episodes or whatever. Yeah. There's a scene on the show, and it's like two minutes of, uh, and it's a steady cam shot with uh, with Maggie Gyllenhaal, in which like he's like 
walking around her, but he's like hovering over her and it's and it's it's it's, it's as well shot, but it's incredibly acted and not because of her. They're trading barbs just like and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, it's cool to see him audience. like grow as an actor. Like he's, he's really yeah, good. He's become yeah. like a really good. He's just, it's really good. All right. So and finally, in closing to our segment to recasting the show, friends. Anybody who's ever seen an episode of Friends is like for the most part from the the show when it's drama. It was like it's like what's going to happen? Will they or won't they? And all the other crap. It was a show that was known for a celebrity guest. So from like Julia Roberts to George Clooney to Brad Pitt when they were or when him and uh when Jennifer Aniston were married to Giovanni Ribisi to Paul Rudd. All these people, to Reese Witherspoon, all made their way through friends to do like maybe a one episode or a two episode character arc. So I wanted everybody to cast a celebrity guest. And for me, if I'm going to cast anybody on the show on my reboot of Friends, I'm going to cast somebody I've been in love with since I was nine years old. Uh, <laughs> Regina Jenkins on 227. Dana! Dana! From Friday. Um, and she's an Oscar winner. She's also uh, an Emmy winner. And yeah. she's going to be directing episodes and directing movies, and then and she's going to do my, she's going to direct a few of my reboot, free my friends reboot episodes. So that's going to be Regina King. Hell yeah! All right, hey, who's so, your celebrity guest? Yeah, you sent me that. Like we were talking about two two seven the other day. <laughs> and I was like, I had no idea Regina King was on. Um, and then Brenda Jenkins. But uh, okay, so my celebrity guest, I'm gonna stick in like that '90s nostalgia mode. I'm gonna stick with somebody who also does music. But was like had a moment where it was like, oh my god, if they were a uh, a guest star in the show, like you'd be like, oh. um, and that's gonna be Brandy. Brandy is my my guest star, and I I want to say that it's gonna be a crossover, and she's gonna be playing Moesha. So it's <laughs> well, it's like an event of like, oh, this Friday on Friends, Moesha crossover. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd watch that show. I think my guest star would be. I was going to say Matthew McConaughey just because I enjoy everything he's ever done. <laughs> but and he's from the 90s a little bit. But I am thinking more along the lines of uh, who I'd want to see with this cast and like what they would do. And I think I would choose May He Rest in Peace, Fife Dog, to be a guest star on this because I think that would be pretty incredible. To He was funny as shit as well. The song Butter is so funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'd love to see him be telling a story about all the women that he slept with in high school with this cast of characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah. I think any one of these three shows is more, I would like to see it more than I'd like to watch Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually totally excited about like all of our reboots for Friends. Well, you've been very, very generous with your time. Before we let you go, plug something for us. And let us know what you got going on so we can do all the stuff um, and follow you on the social medias and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Social media, Mr. Will Miles and all that. I don't post much. I, I just lurk and laugh at other people's posts and then get mad for other people when they get responded to. But I don't really <laughs> post much content myself. If I do, it's probably a meme that's silly. Uh, but Mr. Will Miles on all that stuff. And then my website is Mr. Will Miles, but Mr. is spelled out, dot com. And then... Uh, Watch Southside on HBO Max when it comes out. Sherman Showcase on AMC app, probably, when that happens. I thought it was on IFC. Is it not on IFC? It's on IFC, but the new season is going to be IFC-AMC collabo or something like that. Okay. It's going to come out on probably Hulu at some point, too. The first season is on Hulu now. You write on that as well? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, also Dial and Bashir created that one. And they brought me along for that. So 
Thankful those guys watch anything they do. They got a CBS show just uh, picked up, I believe, too. Awesome. That'll be good. Yeah. But that's all. And then watch a bunch of other TV. <laughs> TV <laughs> well, alive. We, watch uh, TV. That's we're going to have, we have the time. So, yeah. Same side. Yeah. Oh, Gronish comes out in January. I think I wrote on this season as well, but oh. it's been so long. <laughs> they spread it out because of COVID. So, I think it's the second half of season three is coming out in 2021, which I also worked on. Just to finish up with, because I'm curious. So like as far as Southside goes, you guys are just like in a holding pattern, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And but uh, you guys, you shoot, you shoot in Chicago, right? You shoot. In yeah, that's what makes it harder to shoot also. But I, you know, we've already talked about this. So we're going to let you go. But I think that's so awesome that you guys do, because it's like it makes such a big difference. And, you know, there's some other shows that like are about Inglewood and they, they, I watched them and I'm like, you shot that shit on the north side. Like, I, I know where that is. You can't yeah, see the Sears yeah. tower from there. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I, yeah, I thought that that was really cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to that, to that second season. So that, the outside shoots, there's people from the neighborhood walking by. Awesome. We're like, what's going on here? <laughs> I bet. Cause it's like, you know, it's probably, we talked about this a little bit. It's, it's a big, it's probably a big deal in Chicago. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a lot of pressure on, the staff Diallo tells a story about when he was in a cab and the cab driver was like, Hey, don't make us look bad. <laughs> he was like, Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Sure thing. Yeah. 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 He was like, be, like, we're funny. Make us be funny. Show us how we're funny. It's like a scene in Atlanta is like, we counting on you, man. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me down. Don't let me down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got the lemon pepper with the sauce on them. <laughs> Anyway, it is great to see you. Congratulations. Uh, make sure you get plenty of sleep and stay safe. Yes, thank, thank you off. so much, man. Thank so you. The rest, of, the rest of the family, my love. Uh, and uh, I will talk to you all soon. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we'll see you guys when we're in New York in 2022 when there's a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll still be here. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. All right, later, guys. All right, man. All right. Well, we are uh, back with you. We want to, again, thank Will Miles. That was great. Uh, talk to him. I'd love to talk to him more about Chicago and everything. That was that was real fun for me. Hopefully, you know you guys enjoyed that too. But yeah, definitely check out Southside. Check out Sherman Showcase. Um, and check out Will Standup. He did like a Comedy Central presents. He did a half hour presents. Yeah, he's he's hysterical, man, and he's a really good writer. And also, like, he's just so chill and easy to talk to. I enjoyed that. George, what uh, what are you looking for? What are you looking forward to this week or next week? Um, I hate to be too TV focused, but uh, I I started watching a TV show called A Teacher, which is on Hulu. Uh, Kate Mara. It, yeah, it's Kate Mara. I forget the actor's name. He's in Love Simon. It's funny, like actors who who are playing in TV shows in which their high school students are usually like twenty five. I think he's twenty five. At least he looks like he's in high school. I don't know if this is a great show, but it's kind of naughty. And I find it find it kind of a kind of entertaining. It's about the beginning, the middle, the end, and the fallout of a relationship between a high school teacher and one of her students. So I've uh, I've been ingesting that. It's funny because like I'm just on like Hulu of a recommendation. And I was like I'm not gonna watch it, but I watched it and I, I find it entertaining. And the episodes are short. Shout out to anybody who writes short TV shows. Half an hour, you got me hooked. An hour, I'm like I don't want to watch an hour of that. But 30 minutes, I'm like yeah, I'll give that. A- I'll give that a taste. So, and I think episode five is on Sunday and it's only got like maybe like a handful of episodes, maybe like two episodes up. Anyway, it's very, very, it's very good. So a teacher is what I'm looking forward to this weekend. 
I saw the like preview for that and I was kind of like after I learned what the premise was, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can, if I'm in the, if I'm in the zone for that, but, but, but I'd be more interested after hearing you, you say it's, it's good. And entertaining. I, I like Kate Mara. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. What about you? Okay. Well, for me, for what I'm looking forward to, not too many like specific things. There's a couple of movies that are coming out in the next couple of months that, you know, to streaming, uh, I, I'm not going to a theater anytime soon. <laughs> um, but uh one is mank the fincher movie that's coming out december 4th uh yeah it looks interesting I, uh you know i think the things that he he does generally are interesting it's in black and white it's a period piece gary oldman a lot of great really great cast uh looks interesting like i said i'm like making my lists of like media for the next like month like putting my like get you know it helps me to like make a list and like get an order and shit like movies and podcasts and books and shit. So I'm going to try to try to uh, get a lot of that shit in my system and, and I'll report back on some of it. Also, it's not till January. So we'll talk about this in the future, but I definitely, I watched the trailer for the French dispatch, the Wes Anderson movie. And I, I'm excited about that, but uh, yeah, I just got that Jeff Perlman book about the Cowboys, the sports writer that he wrote like about the, 80s and 90s cowboys like the inside story mm-hmm. i'm i'm looking forward to getting into that because dude i mean yeah you could imagine you probably know some of those stories but like the early the championship era cowboys like yo they had some that was some shit in there some real shit in there <laughs> michael irvin workouts and shit like yeah i'll share more of that as i get into the book um but uh yeah so uh so yeah there's there's some stuff coming up Again, everybody, you know, we're going to be in our homes. So whatever you've got to do to get through that, uh, you know, and if you are going out, if you have to go out, if you're working, if you're, you know, doing things, obviously just be very mindful and, and safe and just know that we're still in a serious situation in this pandemic. I mean, I don't have to say that, but it still seems like some people are living in a fucking fantasy world, to be perfectly honest with you. It's hard, hard to understand. But, uh, yeah, I hope everyone, you know, is, is well grounded and, uh, you know, we're just gonna take, take everything as, uh, it comes again. I really want to thank Will. We had a great time. We're going to be doing some fun stuff for y'all. We're not going to do a show next week for Thanksgiving. So we want to wish everybody a happy holiday. However you are celebrating. I know this, I got a fucking thing on my phone earlier that the CDC was like, we recommend not traveling for Thanksgiving. Like we should have said that like a couple of weeks ago, mm. but anyway, but if you are traveling, if you are going anywhere, obviously please be very safe. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone has a, has a good, good Thanksgiving. However you are celebrating that also fuck the, uh, fuck the settlers and, uh, and, uh, the pilgrims <laughs> like have a good Thanksgiving, but also know that, you know, they stole all the land from indigenous people. So, boom, George. You said it right there. Uh, I'm just going to use my usual send off as like a wear your mask over your fucking nose. Stay sane and healthy, everybody. We're, uh, we're out. Oh, the rest